You're listening to the RFWP Podcast with your host, Lois McNair and Emily Lewis, where you'll find candid conversations, transparent faith, encouragement, the occasional sarcasm, and a whole lot of grace as they share their walk with Jesus. Here's today's episode. Hi there, friends. Real quick before we get into this week's episode, I have two things to tell you. First, our audio is struggling a bit, and I just want to thank you in advance for putting up with it. We are working on getting some new equipment and better setups to help minimize this in the future. But for this episode, we felt like the information is too valuable to not publish this conversation. So thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting us. We are making adjustments and learning so that we can make this the best quality possible. The second thing I wanted to mention is, as you can tell from the title of this week's episode, we do talk about a couple of things that you might want to pop your earbuds in if you have littles around. We don't go into any details or talk about anything explicit. Just wanted to give you the heads up Um, so that you can use your discretion in listening if you do have other people around you. Without further ado, here is part two in our conversation about dress standards, purity culture, and sex. So another response story. Modesty standards really messed me up. I remember from a very young age having the threat of a man looking at me held over my head being told that it was up to me to make sure that I was never dressed in a way that called attention to any part of my body. We had to wear baggy t-shirts and culottes in summer, even for swimming. I remember being so self-conscious all the time because I knew that I stuck out like a sore thumb. I struggle with slight body dysmorphia to this day because I always looked shapeless and much heavier than I actually was. I'm petite but somewhat well endowed for my frame. So there was always the constant pressure to cover up. Shirts had to be loose so that no one could see my shape and be forced to stumble. Mm. Forced to stumble? Mm -mm. I couldn't wear things that even my sister got away with because everything was too tight. As an adult, I struggled with anxiety for a long time about being in public, always trying to look perfect, to put together, so that I didn't resemble my younger, frumpier self. Thankfully, that has improved proved over the last few years as I've managed to distance myself from IFBism. I'm still working through a lot of the issues, including reminding myself that God designed my body which means I have nothing to be ashamed of and that I am not responsible for the thoughts or actions of men. So she's finding healing. And then somebody else commented that like this, all this, like they could totally relate. So, you know, that's not an isolated story. It's not. Mm. And that's why we're having this conversation. Absolutely. To help people break this stuff off. Absolutely. It's so damaging. Right. It's a stronghold. And mm-hmm. it's it's not the person's fault that it's no. a stronghold. Right. It's what was perpetuated and programmed and spoken over them all of their lives to the point where I think when that happens, 
let me see if I can, if I can word this the way that I want to, you know, when you're talking about hearing, you know, listening to all the different voices in your life, (laughs) even voices coming from the platform, when that, when God's word is twisted and used in an abusive way or used in a way out of context and that's constantly spoken that in itself can actually i think quench someone being able to hear the holy spirit in their lives yes because they're not being given the freedom or the understanding or the discipling of the fact that that he's there, that he's living there. Right. But you, you can't just say that, <laughs> that men are going to lust and it's a woman's job to keep them from lusting. No way. No way. It's so damaging because it also damages our ability to see someone's humanity mm. because it frames the other person as an object. And Growing up with this message, it actually did the opposite because it over-sexualized everything. You were afraid to be alone with another boy. You didn't talk to other guys as as a woman. And then Mm -hmm. guys with the girls, you can't have platonic relationships with them. And so many implications that just devalues them as a human being, a person, Mm -hmm. We should be able to see them as just a person. I think we say this every episode, don't we? We talk about people were made in the image of God. Right. And we need to be able to see that, their humanness. Mm -hmm. And then if we can see them first as another human being created in God's image, we are are less likely to objectify them, think, um, how can I protect myself from them and all of this mm-hmm. rhetoric yeah. that um, actually damages? Right, right. No, I I, ad- I totally agree with you on that. I think that I think that sex was talked about in a taboo way, not necessarily in a taboo way. Sex was taboo, like you couldn't talk about it. And like you said, it really kind of hypersexualized everything. And I can completely relate to the don't understand that you can have a platonic friendship with a guy because some of us are wired. I mean, we're just wired differently. And mm-hmm. if anybody knew me when I was younger and high school and college, I just kind of boy crazy, you know, I mean, just that's how I'm wired and all that. But I do think that it was just because I saw other, other friends of mine who may have gone to my school, but they weren't, their parents weren't like major hyper IFB that they did have a group of friends, guys and girls. And we had a group of friend guys and girls, but you were always wondering which set in the group was going to start dating next. You know, I just didn't have a lot of platonic friendships until later on when I was like, oh, yeah, not mm. every guy sure. is a potential husband. <laughs> right. See, I grew up, my parents were really good about letting us be friends with guys. But because of the culture, it was like, 
I remember being told by a friend of mine, and I, I might have been, I was so naive too, but he just said, you know, you're, you're really flirty. I was like, oh, okay, thanks. But the, the, the culture there yeah, makes everything into a flirtatious thing right. rather than can we, can't we just joke around or is it now, is it always going to be flirting? Right. No, I totally get that because that was the same way my daughter was even told that one of my girls was even told that growing up and she's just, she's just uh, very outgoing. She doesn't worry about, you know, what 90 million other people think, you know, and that can be considered flirting. But I, I wanted to hear from you a little bit more about the purity culture and the effect that it's had on sexual relationships. Um, you know, I know you just talked to Sheila not too long ago. And, and so, you know, tonight we're talking about standards and sex and how those kind of, how those things went together. So can you, can you tell me a little bit more about purity culture and its effect on maybe sex after marriage? Because the book is called The Great Sex Rescue and and her material along mm -hmm. with her her um, team. It's basically all about healthy sex in marriage and then rescuing the thought process from a lot of these kids before they get married so they don't have to deal with some of the things that were just mm -hmm. unhealthy thought processes. Right. Yeah. The research that she's done is incredible. If you're looking for a book for a newly mm -hmm. engaged couple, The Girl's Guide to Great Sex is awesome. Also written by Sheila. Because her mission is to rescue the narratives that we've been taught mm -hmm. around it, around sex. Some of the stats that were most shocking to me, like I think I've heard them before, but having the amount of data she mm -hmm. has back this up is crazy. Evangelical women are more likely to experience sexual pain disorders because of these stories that we've been told. Whoa. It's crazy. And if women have been taught or they believe that lust is every man's battle, they are more likely to have a damaged relationship with their husband and they are more likely to say that their husband's libido is higher than their own just from hearing this message. Well, I could see how it would definitely have psychological effects. Right. Um, and the thought process. And then when you're told that over and over again, I could see how that would definitely be mm -hmm. create issues. Yeah. I'm kind of processing out loud here as I'm hearing you mention some of this research. Yeah. So this stuff matters when we're, because God created our bodies and God created intimacy and he created sex to be enjoyed. Right. I don't know if that's too much for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. You know, when, when we all know that when God created Adam and Eve and they were in the garden they were not clothed and they felt no shame. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying we should run around naked. 
But what I am saying is that when they, when they sinned, when they rebelled against God, they disobeyed, they made their own free will choice outside of his good plan for them and his great plan for all of us. They realized then that they were naked and they, they tried to cover themselves. Here's the thing. When God covered them, that was the first sacrifice. He covered them with the skin of animal. Mm -hmm. And when he came and he died on the cross and he rose again, he, he's redeeming our story. It goes back to the narrative of the creation, fall, redemption, restoration. He's redeeming our story. That in itself is enough for me to realize that I have the Holy Spirit who speaks to me. God, the Holy Spirit speaks to me and causes my heart to be tender and hear God's word and make healthy decisions as a female about what I wear for guys to make healthy decisions about what they wear. Mm -hmm. um, but when we focus constantly and there's the judgment constantly on what someone is wearing and that is a causation of something else happening that is basically saying that how I respond is somebody else's fault right yep that's what it's saying and then in marriage when we're talking about intimacy with our spouses whether emotionally mentally physically sexually our intimacy with our spouses um for it to be stated, like I heard a couple of people this, this past week talk about better make sure that you have met his physical needs so he won't be looking for it somewhere else. Yeah, just garbage. Then that puts, okay, it's on you. Because if your husband lusts after somebody else, then you're not, you know, there's, there's even, there is a... <laughs> There's a female on Twitter and constantly it's, you know, when your husband comes home, you should be dressed. You should be da, 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 this and all, because he's had a long day and that's the, the best way that you can, you know, kind of go back to the, that's the best way that you can, um, you know, basically keep him home and keep him attracted to you and all of that. Yeah. That's really interesting that you mentioned that because just lately in our life, I've been working more. Mm -hmm. So I'll get, and we're just in a busy season. So he'll come home and the house still looks like a bomb went off. And it's good for me for it to still look like that because we need, we need to recover from this need to have everything tidy and 
to have our lives look picture perfect. And I can't imagine like putting myself in his shoes when I come home and the house is clean. I'm wow. Thank you. This is great. It's so peaceful to come home to, but it being chaos doesn't make me go, wow, I wish I wouldn't have come home. Is that the message that we're sending that we have to poo poo our men so much that (laughs) I should probably no, this is that's perfect. <laughs> my my mom always my dad worked really long hours and my mom liked to have the house clean when my dad got home. And so I'm not mm-hmm. saying that you shouldn't, but when we make that the measure of whether or not you're gonna keep your man, like I just think that's really offensive to everyone involved. Right. I think as we kind of wrap this part of the conversation up. There's just one other unintended consequence that I'd like to focus in on. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the whole outward appearance being judgmental thing. Wow. Yeah. I can relate to that. Cause we were taught to dress a specific way just so people could know that we were Christians rather than looking or acting like Jesus being exuding is that the right word um the fruit of the spirit yeah so people are not attracted to us by hey i wonder why they dress like that mm-hmm. like no they are attracted to you because you are gracious and kind and patient mm-hmm. and have self control and all of the fruit of the spirit those things actually do speak louder and i'm not talking about just lifestyle evangelism but lifestyle evangelism, as in be the fruit of the Spirit, let, again, we're back to the Holy Spirit, aren't we? Yeah. Um, but the outward appearance isn't always a good indicator of what's going on on the inside. That's true. Remember Jesus calling them whited sepulchers? Right. Like getting the outside all right and the heart is not okay. And you know what? I think this is it contributes to the abuse that goes on in these churches. I've seen it. Right. People come to church who are abusers and they look the part. They carry their Bible under their arm. They they sit right. They sing right. And the outward appearance looks good. And nobody has the discernment, unfortunately, to be able to say, wait a second, that person's not right. Something's not, there's no fruit there because the outward looks good. So it's it's dangerous or sometimes it's added to the sanctification process. Right. So somebody comes to Christ. That's where the saved by grace stops. And if your hair is this length, if you wear this, if you dress this way, you make sure you get this cut. You do this, you do that. You show up with this, you carry this, um, that is the the quote-unquote picture-perfect Christian in legalistic environments instead of, let me help you grow on the inside. Uh, Let me teach you how to listen to the Lord's voice and his promptings of the Holy Spirit in your heart and your mind, and let's walk through this process together. Um, I loved it when one woman said on Twitter today, she said, you know, she's, she's older and they 
you know, they always dressed up for church. But she did find that back in the 60s and the 70s when the Jesus movement was going on. And she said, you know, basically, I'm paraphrasing her comment, but that the, you know, that the that the Jesus hippies were coming in in the church and stuff, that their church embraced them and Mm. loved them. You know, and just this past Sunday, I was talking to a couple of of new friends in the lobby at church and they were talking about the dress. And one of the, one of the women said, you know, growing up, my daddy always said, you know, you need to dress this way on Sunday. Da, 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 da. And she's like, I still, I still kind of struggle with that, you know, and she's a mom of, of um, boys. And she's just like, I, I you know, didn't want to continue to perpetuate that. And so when mm. she came to, the church that we currently attend, she watched people come in, not, you know, just dressed however, or hair length, however, you know, uh, piercings, tattoos, whatever. And she said, I watched the people serving at the doors and all love them and embrace them and show kindness and graciousness, Mm. just the normalcy there and she mentioned that um she has somebody in her life that struggles with addiction and she said i think this is the only church that i've ever been to where if he were to let go and come in he would be welcomed Mm. why is that because the bible says and they will know we are Christians by how we dress. No. <laughs> they will know we are Christians by our love. That's right. So the moral of this is to dress not to flaunt your body, but not to cover it up either. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and He inside of you, you with him get to determine what is right for you to wear. Yeah. So I want to go into Colossians 3. Sound good? I love Colossians 3. Um, But right before you jump in, I have a question while we're still on the dating kind of thing. I have one question for you. Yeah. Did Adam ever have a date with Eve? (laughs) Did Adam have a? No, he just had an apple. He didn't have a date. (laughs) (laughs) Emily, Brian would be proud. That's a perfect dad joke at Brian Edwards, dude. (laughs) Emily told a dad joke. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. So Colossians 3 uh, verses 12 through 14. Now, if you'll allow me, I'm going to read this from my Bible, and then I'm going to read a paraphrase of it from the message, um, because it's just a, I love that the way, I love the way that it's worded in that beautiful poetic paraphrase. But let me read it for you here. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved compassionate hearts, kindness, 
humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Mm. Scripture, you know, that, 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 um, song, that old song, and they'll know we are Christians by our love. So I want to read it now, um, as we're wrapping things up in the paraphrase, um, Eugene Peterson's message, poetry. So chosen by God for this new life of love. Dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you, which is compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you, and regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic, all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Mm. Yeah. That's what we need to be wearing, right? That's what we need to be wearing. And when our hearts are just in awe of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, we are going to make choices that bring honor and glory to him and not a just a set of rules and guidelines that people keep and their hearts their hearts not in it mhm so wear love Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Yes. And love your neighbor as yourself. And that is the fruit of being filled with the Spirit and right. walking in step with Jesus. And that's the rescue for everything, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Let's... let's um synchronize our watches with that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I have loved this. This has been not an easy conversation, but it's been a good conversation. Yeah. I think we've covered a lot in the last hour. <laughs> we sure have. We sure have. But you know what? It, it, it is again, a process of untwisting the narrative. This is just another narrative that has been twisted for years. And I really want men and women to be able to get healthy and find their freedom in Christ and just be still and let God do his work. And God continues to peel layers off of me, you know. And, yeah. and I'm yes. so thankful for that. If we, you know, I don't ever want to stop growing. I won't ever stop growing. And once I do, then I have to ask for forgiveness for pride and start the process over. Right. So mm -hmm. <laughs> let's untwist the narrative together. 
sist, hashtag sister seeker. That's right. You guys all have an awesome week. Thanks for hanging out with us. And before we go, I want to give a shout out to all of our patrons on Patreon for supporting the show. We are so excited for everything that we can continue doing with you all's support. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you haven't checked out Patreon, we will be adding to all of the tiers and giving different uh, perks, I guess you can call it, for supporting <laughs> the show. Yeah. Yeah. So, and all the hashtags, like hashtag sister seeker, hashtag I'm with stupider. <laughs> <laughs> So also, I want to give a shout out to the person who came up with the hashtag, I'm with stupider. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually Bob Radank and his wife. They were having a conversation after listening to that, um, ugh, those ridiculous comments coming from the pulpit in a place in Tennessee. And... She said, well, as far as I'm concerned, I'm with stupid. And then it just kind of went, went from there. It snowballed. It snowballed. <laughs> I'm with stupider. And I, I absolutely love it. So Bob and his wife have just started a podcast um, called Hope Through the Fire. And in each episode, they're going to share, it's easier for you to say, they're going to share parts of their story and also interview others who have experienced great fires in their life, but saw God through it all. And it, and it drew them closer to him. And you and I both know, um, their story and man, if I could call out some stuff right now, and if you could call out some stuff right now, we would, <laughs> but we're going to leave that for hope through the fire podcast and let, let the red angst. I hope I'm saying their name right. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to hear their podcast. It's going to yeah, be great. It's going to be great. But yeah, he he started I'm with Stupider. I'm still looking for the t-shirt. <laughs> so hashtag sister seeker, hashtag I'm with stupid, and hey, stupider. <laughs> <laughs> and hashtag untwisting the narrative. Yep. All the things. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. Yep. And we will see you next time on the RFWP, where we are seeking truth and finding God's heart. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. As always, you can reach out to Lois and Emily at hello at sisterseeker.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean the world to us if you would consider supporting the RFWP. You can go to patreon.com slash sisterseeker. Another way to show your support is by leaving us a review. This helps get this cause and this message to more women like you. We'll see you next week. Thanks for being here, friend.